Reinholds is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Reinholds Show Podcast. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Ryan Holt Show podcast, voted the number one black hosted podcast here in Canada, also top 100. If you have not smashed the five star review on the show, please do so and just know that this interview will be available on youtube.com forward slash Ryan Holtz where you can see the full length. My next guest is uh, one of the most amazing bourbon drinking, Celtics loving, <laughs> sneaker adoring uh just great human. His name is Barney Waters. And if you're not aware of who he is, he's the president of K-Swiss and very, very incremental uh, piece to the puzzle of kind of, I want to call K-Swiss's rebrand, rebirth. So Barney, without further ado, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, my bourbon hobby, it's a new hobby. And, <laughs> you know, I've realized I wasn't really thinking it through because now people are using it in my bio and it doesn't make me look good uh but yeah it's the truth why doesn't that make you look good no no speak to that what what the heck is wrong with bourbon well, there's I mean, nothing wrong with bourbon a, no but if you're gonna pick a hobby you know whiskeys <laughs> you know why couldn't i have picked jogging <laughs> <laughs> okay okay if you're gonna go down the yeah if you're gonna go down the path of life choices uh for the betterment yeah bourbon's probably right. not the uh not the ideal one where, how, tell me the tell me though how did you kind of get onto bourbon did somebody introduce you to it was it a funny story like how did that well, happen you know i think well i was actually a friend introduced me. i never i couldn't even smell the stuff growing up but you know whiskey is one of those things i'm like oh I, the, the smell gives me shivers so i think <laughs> when you get older your taste change and somebody introduced me i think i probably closed my eyes held my nose and did a did a whiskey shot they call it a boiler maker you know a beer and a whiskey <laughs> Um, at a party, some you know, someone sort of forced me to do it. All right, I'll do it. And then I was like, oh, actually, that wasn't bad. Um, and so that's probably led me into the journey. But then, you know, once you get into it, it's really, I think, like it's like collecting sneakers or being into sneakers. It's the it's the drops, the special versions, the brands, the history behind the process of making it that sort of draws you in. You know, now I find myself, you know, I'm not buying. Um, you know, crappy whiskey. Uh, I'm I'm buying like really nice stuff, and I, I actually my wife was laughing at me because I got one on a Windex the bottle. You know, <laughs> and I'm sprayed with Windex, and I'm getting it so it's nice and shiny, and I'm putting yeah. it on the shelf. <laughs> they never open it. Yeah, uh, and that's like you know, it's, there's a lot of parallels to any kind of collecting, I guess. Bernie, I'm going to tell you a funny story. Um, I uh, my wife and I we love to collect like really good uh, liquor and booze and. Through the show, we get, you know, liquor companies that will send us, you know, free free merch and all that stuff. Um, I got this really fancy bottle. And I, I don't know if it's a testament to my humble beginnings of, you know, really growing up with, with not much money. Um, but I got this bottle and I said, "I honey, I want to crack this open. She said, man, Ryan, you know, th- your life was a long time ago. We're doing great now. I said, I don't know what it is. It's, this is just like, I might not ever get this, this specific brand or bottle again. Yeah. We landed up drinking the whole thing, uh, Barney, and I'm not even kidding you. I filled the bottle up with like some soda and some apple <laughs> juice, so it kind of looked like I and I put it right back on the shelf. We had some company one time, and I guess That's this one hilarious. person came over, and he's like, a, I guess, some sort of whiskey connoisseur, and he's like, well, Ryan, let's, let's taste it out. And I'm like, you know, I just really don't want to open this bottle right now, and can we go to Especially another bottle? <laughs> 
Anyways, uh, Barty, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, this is a show that, um, you know, we've had some really amazing guests on and, and just some some really awesome, some of the best minds in business, you know, also some celebrities, musicians, things like that. Uh, and I like to really articulate to our audience, you know, the art of what it really takes to have success in whatever you do. I want to give you the example of when I slid into your DMs and I sent you uh a text version of the DM and you seen it and you ignored it. And this is going to be a good story. And then I said, Oh hell no, he is not going to ignore my first DM. So I whipped the phone around and I said, no, 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 we're going to get some video message going in there. And I tell people all the time, the art of the introduction on video versus just a normal text is dramatically different in my opinion. So could you speak to that? Well, yeah, and it's 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 you know making compelling content that breaks through, but it's also personalization. You know, mm. hey, Barnes, it's Ryan. Okay, somebody's taken the time, and mm. you know, there's a lot of lazy selling out there. And I'm not saying you were selling to me, but you know, LinkedIn, somebody connects with you, and the first thing they do is like just go into this long-winded thing about their SEO service. It's like that's an easy delete. You know, <laughs> they're not thinking, they're not personalizing it. You know, you've got to know it's not me that's the person who's choosing our SEO agency in a company. It's my look, you know, just search for the head of e-commerce, you know? Yes. Um, so yeah, and, and I think after doing some things, like if you do a clubhouse session, for example, right afterwards, you get a lot of incoming yes. inquiries and um, you know, it's hard to get to them all. You know, it's hard to pay attention. Yes. I, I definitely try, but um, it's not always easy. So yeah, like a breakthrough message is, is really important. What is your thoughts on clubhouse by the way? Um, it's a, well, it's I a crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of diamonds in the rough, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of junk to get through, you know, Absolutely. And, but every now and then you find like an amazing dialogue, you know, and, and I think I found those, I mean, I've gotten some really interesting discussions, you know, I would I've just dropped into rooms and they're like, oh, there's a guy from K-Swiss. You know, they look at your profile. Next thing you know, you're on stage talking about why is there not enough black representation in the sneaker industry? Yes. Ooh. And, you know, I'm not even supposed to be be here, but like, wow, what an amazing dialogue. And, and I've made connections from there. In fact, I have a call um, after this with someone I'm talking to about some design work um, that I met on one of those rooms, you know. so. Yes. And then the other night I was listening to... Um, um, some friends of mine do a do a weekly show and they did it about NFTs, which is like crypto art. It's yeah. like the hottest buzz thing in yep. the world, right? Yep. And but they had they had Gary V on there, who's someone I've worked with before, but they also had some of the biggest names in crypto art, not only the artists, but also the people behind Coinbase and some of these things. Wow. I mean, and, and it was the biggest names, I would say, in NFTs and crypto art. And and it was a, just a this big open dialogue. But you, what you realize also is they haven't all figured it out. You know, they're mm, all like, of course, they're all asked, talking amongst themselves. I'm like, man, this is actually the, the industry happening. And we're all like able to sit in the audience and listen to it. You know, that one was pretty amazing. So for every terrible room that's like, how do you know if you're a hoe? Um, <laughs> Marty, you're you're making you're making this interview too easy on me. You've given me so much good good talking points. <laughs> please, please don't use that as a snippet. No, no, I won't. no, 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 I won't. But, but it's there. You know, <laughs> let's not let's not sugarcoat it. That's what's on there, and <laughs> yeah. maybe it's the algorithm. But um, you know, and it's like, oh my god, like what? And, and you know, three hundred people talking about it. It's like it blows your mind. You're like, what am I doing on this? 
but then you know you'll find some some like forward leading you know on that room Virgil Abloh's in there and you know when mm. would you get a chance to listen in to Virgil Abloh, Gary V, mm. uh, Beeple, who's one of the top, probably he just sold a, a million dollar piece of crypto art. He's got a Christie's auction coming up for, mm. for digital art. When would you get to sit and and, and uh, listen in on them talking about the future of this industry? It's like, it was amazing. Well, it, so it, there's it, a lot it, of value in there. It is, it is. I want to circle back to your comment about, you know, lack of, of black representation in the sneaker business. Uh, earlier on in our show, we had, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is Jason Maiden. He, he was one of the very first yeah. apprentices on, on the Air Jordan uh, brand. And he's, he's a complete master of his words. If you ever hear him talk the way he articulates, he's a, he's a very, very intellectual person uh, that's really combined that street with just pure academia. Um, and when I had him on, you know, he said, hey, Ryan, like it's, you know, when I was sitting there in, at Nike and, you know, we're at the board and we're making all these shoes and our customers are clearly, you know, a lot of African-Americans that are dropping the money. Uh, but there's no real African-Americans at the board making, you know, decisions, so to speak. For K-Swiss, and I've, you know, obviously I've went on your social media, I've seen a lot of the things that you've done, and you're very kind of, um, I guess I could say, you know, you're very vocal about that. Do you feel what you're doing in the culture you're creating at K-Swiss is keeping that topic in mind, making sure that, hey, we want to make sure that our, you know, those voices are being heard, aka maybe your yeah, customers? For sure. for sure. I think it's our responsibility, you know, I think, um, and I think it's, I think it's mandatory. I think the consumer demands it. You know, that's mm. that's my thing. It's not that I, it's 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 partially about me saying, hey, let's do the right thing. But it's also me as a business uh, leader saying I have to protect the brand from any sort of vulnerabilities. Um, mm. And one of them is the fact that the consumer could say, hey, let's look inside K Swiss and see if you're. Um, you know, what are you doing about ensuring there's a diverse workforce or mm. that there's representation. And if I can't answer that, then the consumer is going to say, we're not buying, we're not buying your brand anymore. I mean, I think if you're not, if you're in this industry with this consumer and you're not actively um, addressing this, um, doesn't mean you have it figured out, but you've got to be at least, it's got to be on the top list of what you're working on, then you're going to get exposed at some point and it's not going to be a good look. And, and when I say look, I mean, the consumer is going to, going to cancel your brand. So part of it is doing the right thing, but part of it is just like protecting your business from what I think is a potential. Mm. It's a, uh, it's a vulnerability, you know, like cliff edge. It's a vulnerability. One, 100%. Yeah. You know, yeah. even in, you know, I like talking about financial literacy a lot. And I, I say, Hey, if you want to make an impact on any organization, figure out where the money's going, figure out when you spend exactly. that, you know, $99 or $120, don't be lazy. Just figure out where your money's going at the end of the day. And that will really yeah. help shape your, your future purchases, correct? Yeah, exactly. And you saw, you know, Adidas had some issues where their internal team sort of rose up or got grouped together and said, hey, we're not being treated fairly. And that shook that shook Adidas. You know, that's like mm. terrifying to have that kind of starting to get out there. And I'm sure they they all of a sudden like leapt to attention and did some serious work internally to kind of try and stop that from snowballing into a massive <laughs> yeah. public issue um so anyway i'm not saying i've got it all figured out but i'm but i'm certainly aware of it and um and i'm trying to be proactive in in things we do which is like you know make sure you have a pipeline of talent and it's not about you know being um hiring specific people because mm. uh, that's not a good that's not good either 
it's ensuring that when you get a pool of talent mm. is make sure it's representative mm. of community and then pick the best one mm. but but if you only get 10 resumes from you know you from white people guess what you who you're gonna yeah, hire yeah so, yeah 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 and and it, and it's it means that you can't you've got to be proactive in ensuring you've got the resumes coming in from, from you know you have to work harder to mm. to recruit and to spread the word and it causes harder work but you end up with a much more representative pool of uh candidates so there's things like you could set a, a, a target of i want 20 percent of resumes to be from um people of color mm. uh, or, or or women or you know whatever whatever it ends up being um and so, you know, you may get thousands of, of resumes, but the 10 that I whittle it down to, to start interviewing, there's got to be a, a certain amount. And, and so that causes the people who are recruiting to work harder to put that in the pool. Then you pick the best and most applicable talent. Isn't this, this is so crazy to me. Okay. Okay. Think back. Think about all the media interviews you've done, podcasts, radio, TV, all of it, YouTube, all the stuff. It's it's really interesting. So I call him, I'm not black or white, Barney. I'm Mocha. My my mom is German and my dad is Jamaican. So I, I've always my in my whole life been riding that middle ground. But I like to say if I God forbid did something terrible and the cops are running down the street, they're not like, there's that half German guy. Like it's just not gonna happen. I'm identifying with I, I'm a black dude, right? Now, how many black podcast hosts or media representatives do you get hit up by? Like, like in your whole career, like think about how many times did a, a black person or a person of color interview you? Um, well, I mean, it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's never. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it, it's actually, um, you know, but I it's low. I did my IG live. So, you know, it has, hap- it ha- it's not a rarity for me to be fair, but Correct. I, I know your point is that, yes, um, there's probably not many. And, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and I'm probably in an industry or I'm in, I'm networked in a way that mm. um, I may, you know, probably I get more interaction with black podcast hosts or, or, or IG live than than some if you're in the, the car insurance industry. I don't know. Of course, of course. And and, and my question there is, is, is more along the lines of being a beacon of hope, which means and you've said this in many of your interviews prior uh, and you know, FYI, I've done my I've done my digital deep dive on you. I'm I'm I've my life has been Barney for the last 72 hours, oh and it's my <laughs> wife has even been like, yeah, I like that. Uh, maybe we should ask about that. She really wanted to know the bourbon thing. So uh, shout out to my wife, Mrs. Holtz. This is not just uh, a Ryan uh, thing. The effort was teamwork here. Um, but that being said, you know, nothing stops anybody from getting into your direct messages and saying, hey, Barney, like I'd love to talk to you about uh, K Swiss. Now you can say no. But nothing stopping uh, that initial intention of saying, hey, I'd like to talk to Barney. And you've talked about this lots where you said, listen, uh, you know, as people and, and you said this, and man, it's really nice to, to hear this. But you said people right now, the way you were kind of brought up in your childhood, going to school, you know, picking the good little job, getting some student debt, you know, and working your way up the corporate ladder, things aren't working that way. And, you know, you talked a lot about this too. I used to live in a suit. I would be talking to you right now in a, in a, in a tie and a bow tie. And, uh, and I'm looking at you and I'm like, well, I see your style too. You're rolling up your pant legs. You know, you got your little three quarter pant legs happening with your sneakers. So you're very fashion forward. My question to you though, is what would you say to somebody that says, well, hey, you know, shoot your shot and make a good effort of doing so? Is there any kind of tips and tricks that you could bestow on somebody that's kind of 
maybe lacking a bit of confidence, but you're saying, well, shoot your shot anyway. Yeah, I think, um, you know, first of all, what I've learned over the years is that if you sit and wait for someone to come for you, you're going to be sitting there a long time. You've got to go out and, and grab it. And there's a lot of people that um, that will sit there and be like, I wish, you know, like I had, to, I had to, was talking about this yesterday. So I had a, a, a young lady on my team and we were in a presentation to a big retailer and it was all on Zoom, but we were in mm. the office and, and she starts showing shoes. And I thought she did... Um, you know, like data entry, you know, sort of and an, uh, data analytics on mm, the product mm. side. But she was standing up and talking to the customer about, I love this one, this is one I would wear, this is the color I really like. And I'm like, mm. who's this? I was like, I didn't know she did this. And in that one meeting, she kind of put herself on the map, you know, and mm. afterwards I was like talking to her like, wow, that was really good, you know. So she didn't sit there and wait for someone to say, Hey, can you talk a little, you know, she's the consumer. Like, can, can you talk about this? And he just stood up and went, Hey, here's what I think. And I was like, wow. And that's what it takes. You know? So if you mm. sit there and wait, so you've got to be proactive. And, and the other thing is that when you're reaching out, like let's say it's a personal, um, direct message or something, it's not only, you know, we talked earlier about being compelling, but it's also about bi-directional value. Okay. Mm. So if you just reach out and say, I'm just going to blab about my SEO company. We do this and we've saved these people money. It's like, it's you, 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 you. It's like, it's not, you're just yelling at me. You're not, yeah. you know, what are you doing for me? That's so, so like when I, um, for example, you reach out to me about the podcast. Okay. You, you're going to get a guest on your podcast and I'm going to get a chance to talk about the brand, which reaches an audience, which is like yep. modern media to be fair. Yep. Okay. It's bi-directional value. It's not just, what can you trying to get something out because that's what that's what it comes across as 100 yeah it, it comes back to that relationship uh you know type of deal i also like to say to people you know watch how much you consume you know if you really want to do big things in life make sure you're a producer you know for me if i consume even if i consume let's say i watch two minutes of gary v's video and there's one point out of there i try to immediately go and act on the one point that i've learned from the video because to me, yeah. if I'm consuming too much, well, I'm not producing. I'm a big football guy. You know, defense does win the game, but you got to score some points. So you got to know how to ebb and flow between, you know, throwing the ball and catching the ball. You, uh, prior to being president of K-Swiss, uh, you're you're the marketing person. So that that's where you, you really excel at as well. My definition of marketing for me is... You know, I mean, Seth Godin is somebody that I really love for marketing. He says, hey, you know, just just make things better by making better things. However, marketing for me is comes to one word and one word only. And if you can, there's one word and one question. The first question I think great marketing does is answer immediately what's in it for them. That's one. The second yeah. point on the word is I just want to be seduced. Seduction. Like you don't yeah. go into a restaurant yeah. feeling like. You know, it's going to be crappy. It's going to smell bad lighting. I'm going to go into that restaurant. Like you're being seduced into yeah, that restaurant. If I'm looking sure. at your shoe, I, I'm looking at details, the laces, the colorway, the sole. You know, what does it look like on a foot? It, you know, can I wear some tight pants with it? It's going to look good rolled up. Like I'm thinking about all these details. And to be honest, I, I'm visualizing myself in the shoe. Like I, I don't want to walk down the street feeling like I got these clunky things that I don't feel sexy in. I want to sexy barney yeah yeah and and exactly i mean it's human nature you know when it, you, you, it's it's fashion is sort of the is attraction and um, <laughs> in, in many in many cases and you know you walk especially if you're like young and in in say high school or 
and you're walking down the corridor and you're in the wrong wrong thing uh that's like social <laughs> suicide social social death, suicide. You know? so, yeah you know when you say what's the one word about marketing it's like i'm starting to write notes here and i'm like god there's so many you know the ones you i'm like yes that's a good one oh that's a good one and i've got another couple so there's lots of words and they're probably all relevant but you know for me it's about positioning i always think about positioning which is what does this mm. thing stand for and what does it mean because mm. when you put a brand on yourself what does that say about you right and that's that's the that's what's happening with especially with young people in fashion is like what is that logo communicating to everyone about me okay so if i've got an under armor logo on it sort of probably means i've been to the gym or i'm you know i'm like that person's not really that fashionable but they're active mm. or they're into the gym if I see someone wearing Supreme, I'm like, okay, I know what you're about. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's a brand's a silent communication. So yeah. understanding what your brand stands for, and in case this is case, we're trying to make it about sort of California, classic entrepreneurship as our kind of consumer muse and, and all those values. Um, and then the other big word in marketing, I think, is attention. You know, it's like, how do you get somebody's attention? You know, because mm. that's what you're trying to do, in a, especially mm. in a crowded market is – how do I get somebody to actually listen to me? You know, and you might get like one second of someone's attention during a day, if you're lucky. Um, and how are you trying to break through and have them li listen to you? So yeah, that, that's what's so fascinating about marketing. And uh, I kind of came through that, uh, that arm of business and I still do some of it, but sort of a side hustle, you know, my marketing team probably drive them crazy because I'm interested in it. So I'm always dabbling, but because your your yeah. brain is amazing. I mean, you're the the one thing I love about you is the fact that you're able to uh, take all your experience and leave all your experience in a flick of a dime. Like when I hear you talk, you can pull from your experience, so marketing all these things. But then you also have this space in your head where you can completely drop your pre existing thoughts and say, "Hmm, I didn't think of it that way." And that to me well, makes the brilliance of you. Well, I, I mean. Trust say me, thank you, Barney. Say thank you, Barney. Say I received that, Barney. <laughs> thank you, but it ain't that brilliant. But I think you know it's about if you're if you're living in this era where the the rate of change is like mind blowing. Mm. To survive, you have to. You can't be stuck in the past, especially if you're my age. You know, in the sneaker business. Mm. Yeah. You know, again, I'm not doing it because I'm. I'm brilliant. I'm doing it because like it's a survival mechanism. If I I just really believe if I'm if I don't, I'm going to be left behind. Like this thing with NFTs and and the whole crypto art and blockchain and I honestly the way I think about that is if I don't get on this now and understand it, mm. I'm going to be left behind. Yes. And in, in terms of cultural relevance, in terms of the sneaker business and understanding <laughs> the context of the consumer landscape I'm selling into, if I'm leading the brand, I don't understand that stuff like I lost touch. So mm. I'm researching it and making sure I study up. Mm. So it's again, I, it's so when I say I can drop my past experience, it's because some of it's not relevant anymore. Mm. And, and rather than be like, oh, you know, you don't know what it was like in my day. It was much better when I was a kid, you know, all that kind of stuff that old people say. It's like, mm. that's not going to get you anywhere. You got to drop that and be like, what's happening now? And I got to make sure I'm trying to be on top of it. And maybe I can sort of look at some of these new things, but have a bit more of a calm or a, uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe my a little bit of extra wisdom of, of, of successes and failures where I can, I can bring a different perspective to it. You had said in one of your prior interviews, you said, Hey, you know, um, I know people are really big on the resume and, you know, kind of put your, you know, best foot forward, you know, pun intended. Um, you know, however, 
nobody cares. Like when you're first interacting with somebody, if, if I get on the line with you right now and I say, Barney, uh, me, 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 you're just like, oh, yeah. okay, uh, yeah, so uh, somebody text me, I gotta go, <laughs> gotta go. So how, how does, how, and I wanna play the empathy card here because, you know, people who do kind of lead with their resume, it, a lot of the re- a lot of the times it's because that's what they've been taught to do. You know, even as an employer, you might say, hey, we're looking for this uh, specific position. Uh, you know, we here's the requirements of the job. You know, what would you tell somebody to say, well, you know, lead with the resume, but you also got to lead as a human, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And but but, you know, as as, as progressive as things are becoming, um, you know, the gatekeepers are still probably a little old school. So mm. in other words, my, you know, if you're trying to get on my desk or the head of HR, you, you know, you know, sending a resume is probably the way that we're doing it. Does that that, that means that we're kind of a business that's mm. now if it was a young startup, they're like resume, what are you talking about? But you know, if you're trying to get into a corporation, the gatekeepers are still probably you've got to you've got to know your audience you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying it's like you know when you're when you're marketing or selling it's like you can't give the same pitch to an 18 year old and a and a and a and a mother of a of a family you know i always say like mm-hmm. if you're selling the same car and an 18 year old comes in you say oh this thing does not to 60 in five seconds mm-hmm. mum comes in with the kids you say hey this thing's the number one safety rated you know like yeah yeah customize your pitch based on who you're talking to um, so, um, I think when you're sending a resume in, it's like, try and understand who you're sending it to so you can Correct. make it personal. Certainly don't send the same resume to every job opportunity because custom fit it. Okay. So if I'm going for this job, if you're trying to get me hype up the sneaker experience or the, do you know what I mean? Don't just yeah. customize it every time you send it. And then, um, and then I feel like brand names the thing about resumes is having brand names on there if you're if you're not trying to be an entrepreneur but you're trying to have a career long term is i believe brand names on your resume are really important so early in your career i would try and get into companies that people know Mm. because if i get a resume on my desk that says i worked at apple google (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. it sounds good it sounds good already the top of the stack yes top of the stack versus somebody else may be smarter better but they worked at Joe's towing and doesn't mean anything to me. So let me give you a concept and ask you about this. So if I, I want to, cause everybody listening to the show right now, I want you to listen to this really closely. Okay. Cause this is, I'm going to, I'm going to do like a live, uh, what do I want to call like a live potential prospect for a job. So if I know I want to work with Barney and you know, he has a certain, you know, goal he wants to get to my thesis on this is that, I'm going to respect Barney for where he's at currently. So if you like a paper resume, no problem. But then I'm also going to respect you for where you want to go. So I'm going to send you the paper resume, but then I'm going to say, oh my God, sneakers and CEOs, CEOs and sneakers. Wait a sec, podcasting, new media. Oh my God, he wants seductive. So then I'm also going to take my phone and I'm going to say, hey Barney, Instagram, I just want to let you know I forwarded my resume over to Vanessa at caseswiss.com. I just want to introduce myself to you extremely quickly right now. I know you guys were kind of, you know, requiring this, but Honestly, Barney, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I'm a human. I just want to take myself out of that boring piece of paper. You know, if you could maybe just kind of, you know, check with Vanessa, you know, take care, have a good day. Like, yeah. Or, <laughs> or you go, I've listened to five of your podcasts. You know, you play into the ego. You're like, yeah. you know, I, just, <laughs> yes. I just marathoned the CEOs where sneakers podcast. I listened to five episodes. I'm like, oh, you did. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's so true. Play to the ego. You know, you're reeling me in. I'm like, oh, I like this person. 
Barney's <laughs> laughing right now if you're watching this on video, but if you're hearing it on audio, he's laughing about it. But this is actually facts. These, these are what he's saying is, is really oh, yeah, true. Sure. You got to marinate the ego a little bit. Uh, so you have a over 40 year old Belarus uh, guy who's uh, crazy, full of energy. Looks like he's on liquid nitrogen half the time or whatever the heck is going rocket fuel. And you say, oh my gosh, you know, there's this new kind of uh, audience that's saying, hey, you know, maybe I don't want to grow up and be a basketball player. Maybe I don't want to grow up and be a rapper. Maybe I don't want to grow up and be, you know, whatever. But this entrepreneur thing, this is looking really kind of sexy to me. Maybe I want to be an entrepreneur. Maybe I don't have to wear a tie anymore like my parents used to say I did. Maybe I can. Maybe I can actually get paid and wear sneakers to, to work at the same time. I mean, that might be a cool gig. Insert Gary V. So you you figured, hey, I want to create a shoe with Gary. Uh, and you felt like Gary was the right vehicle to take what your goals were and then merge that with the audience. What was your thought process on that? And I've heard people ask you this question a lot, but I want to ask it a little differently. Was it always Gary or was there a couple other names? You don't have to say the names, but... Yeah. How did you get to Gary? Well, well, it actually came, the, the, the strategy and the positioning came first. It wasn't, oh, I want to do a shoe with Gary. It was, I think there's an open lane around sneakers lined up against young entrepreneurs because I know I can't beat Nike at athletes. So if you want to be the fastest runner, go buy Nike. I'm not going to take that fight. on. It's like me trying to punch Mike Tyson. Mm. Um and Adidas is doing celebrities and, and all the rest of it. I'm like, oh my god, I can't beat them at that game because I'm, I'm, I'm literally like 200 times smaller than 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 the Adidas. But young people are trying to be entrepreneurs, so actually I could. And, and especially when you look at my classic sneaker, it fits, you know. And, and mm. a young entrepreneur was wearing a hoodie and a jeans and sneakers, but they're they're wearing nice things. They're not yes. wearing, you know, they they, they still um, want to wear nice brands and things. So. It was really an insight about entrepreneurship is the new aspiration of young people, and it's just played out more and more and more. Okay, like mm. kids aren't trying to be uh, the third baseman of the Yankees; um, mm. they're trying to be like you know Whitney Wolf as a you know young female just put Bumble on the stock exchange. Okay, mm-hmm. she's a billionaire. <laughs> I want to be her. Yeah. Um, so, so we called it sneakers for entrepreneurs, and then. Then we're like, okay, who's the face? So if Jordan is is um, Nike, if Nike's a basketball brand and Jordan's the face, and Casey was an entrepreneur brand, who's our Jordan? And back then, this is 2016, it was it was like, God, there, there weren't that many choices. I mean, the person I thought was really probably fit was Pharrell because he was not only culturally relevant, but he was just this smart um, uh, cultural business mind. Mm. But he was already locked in with Adidas and had a, but he was the sort of the ideal. And then I was just like, God, who else? You know, there's lots of great entrepreneurs, none mm. of whom were really uh, known in the sneaker world. And there's lots of cool people, but none of them were legitimate entrepreneurs. And and the more I researched, all roads pointed to Gary Vee. He was the voice um, mm. of young entrepreneurship. And mm. so, but I'm like, oh, he is it Gary? Because you know, it doesn't look like a sneaker endorser. He's mm. you know, he's like you said, he's forty yep. year old. Yeah. Um, but you know, it ended up, I'm like, God, there's, there's no other answer. It's him. He is doing it. So Mm. yeah, I reached out and said, let's do the first signature sneaker for an entrepreneur. Um, bit tongue in cheek. And it was like, let's do it. You know, so what do you want now? Version eight of this or is it six? Sorry. I can't remember. Version eight or six. We sort of 
we sort of did so many. I think we yeah. kind of exhausted it for, for for in terms of selling product. But yeah, we did about ten different versions when all was said and done. When in terms of colorways and, um, but you know, it's really about you know that exercise is really about positioning again. You know, I talked about positioning and attention. Well, positioning is to say I'm the only sneaker brand that's really honed in on the entrepreneur. Um, so I found my own lane, and then yes. attention is having Gary V be the face. Um, you know, when you introduced yourself, you said, I'm the number one black hosted podcast in Canada. Okay. That's yes. position. You like, you found yourself, you know, multiple, um, sort of ways of making yourself the first at something. 100. Okay? Here's what I love black what you said, Barney, and not to huh? interject here because it leads me to the one thing I, it's probably your number one quote I've ever heard you say. You said, listen, I believe in being first or being different. And I love yeah. that. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Exactly. So you know, we went through a similar exercise about like, okay, look, let's not try and be the biggest sports brand in the world because that's real. You know, Nike is 500 times bigger than us mm. by revenue annually, 500. Mm. So if I go like, we're going to be the best sports brand in the world, everybody rah, rah at the, at the, at the company meeting, but it's like, come on. Okay. Can I be the best tennis brand? So mm. now I've, all of a sudden I went mm. to here. And then the, the, the competitive set shrinks because I'm now a specialist, not a generalist. It's like you saying I'm the number one of something in Canada. Okay, mm. you know, you've just made your competitive set like a little bit more manageable. Mm. Um, and then I said, okay, well, tennis brands, a lot of tennis brands that make rackets. and But in terms of real like heritage tennis brands, um, it's sort of us, Lacoste, Fred Perry. Mm. So if now I'm saying, okay, if we're a heritage tennis brand, we're down here. And then Fred Perry's... Um, British, Lacoste cool. is French. Yes, we're American. We're founded in LA, still in LA. We're an American brand. So when I say we're a heritage American tennis brand, we're the only one. Yes. So then we say we're the only heritage American tennis brand. Yes, yes, that's positioning, yes. and that's case with in three words in our history, right? Yes. So you're the number one black hosted podcast in Canada. I'm the number one heritage American tennis brand. You're not the best podcast host, and I'm not the best sports brand but you've whittled it into a winnable lane. And that's Bernie, did you just give us a commercial? Man, I think I got to use that as a clip, eh? And, I'll, and I'll rewind it, put some crazy beats on it, make it dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> I disguised it in a thing, but essentially that was an ad. Yeah, that, that essentially was an ad. Let me ask you this. How would you describe, have you heard of the brand? And I, I don't know, one of my favorite all-time pair of boots, uh, comfort, kind of urban, chic, literally had these things six seven eight years they're just it almost like it's almost like they get they look better with wear and tear if that makes sense so they're, called, they're ben sherman ben sherman yeah. have you heard it it's a that's a uk or a british brand correct well yeah i thought you were gonna say palladium which is our sister oh. brand which is a boot oh but ben sherman i know ben sherman for shirts you know for, for clothes not correct for necessarily correct um, but they may have made a boot but i really feel like they're 90 percent clothes and and from my youth they made like button down uh shirts was their staple item that's what they were so so k-swiss historically especially for even even the products you guys are putting out now you know i feel there's a lot of timelessness in them so uh for example when you create a shoe for gary it's a lot different than like you said creating a t-shirt because a t-shirt the turnaround time on a t-shirt could be like quick yeah creating a shoe could be months by the time you know design production all that stuff comes off and then the shoe gets out and everybody's like, listen, we're on a new phase here. This shoe sucks. How yeah. do you build in the projection of how can we create something that when we do launch it, this thing's really going to pop? 
Yeah, it's really hard. So <laughs> to, to get that because the 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 sales cycle and the product cycle is so long in footwear. Yeah, it's about, um, you know, we sell about seven months in advance. So mm. in other words, if a shoe's going to come out in January of next year, we start selling it to the retailer in June mm. of this year. Mm. But in order to sell it to the retailer, I have to have a, a, a sample to show them to want to buy it. And that sample to make it, I have to start making it, you know, four months earlier than that. And then I have to design it prior to that. So the the whole cycle through to retail is very long. It's probably, you know, the, the traditional footwear cycle from idea to in-store is 18 months. Mm. So can I tell you what's going to be on trend in 18 months? No, because now culture is moving so fast. So, you know, but going direct to consumer is one way that brands have sped up the cycle by chopping out the, 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 the retail. You don't have to sell to anyone anymore. And then you just, once you have a product, you can decide, <laughs> I put up my website today and it's up for sale. So now I've shrunk the, I've taken probably a good six months out of the process. Yes. But it's still uh, a long process. And I think, you know, so speed to market is one of the big and has been one of the big sort of imperatives of the footwear industry for, for many years. 3D printing, mm. uh, local production, um, fast turnaround times, all of these things are, but no one's really done it great. I mean, I think even the fastest have got it down to maybe four to six months. Mm. Bernie, how would you describe your style? Uh, you know, we, we kind of touched on it, but, you know, if we go back even into the hip-hop culture, you know, you baggy pants and all these things, and now... You know, for me, I, the words I, the only words that come up to mind for even for my own style is more of a Euro chic slash urban where I don't, I like, I'm very big on fit. If something doesn't fit well, like it just will never come into my collection, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's just not going to work out for me. But have you always been a very fashionable person? Or if I was to talk to Barney at 35 years old, would you, would, would it be a little different? Yeah, I think I've always been into fashion, but, you know, at this point, I think you've got to act, you know, I, I sort of like saying to myself, act your age. You know, I love streetwear. I love, yes. I could buy streetwear brands all day long. And now I'm the kind of the streetwear dad. And people are like, why is that dude dressed like a 18 year old? It's embarrassing. You know, no one wants <laughs> to see me um, trying to be a fashion plate. So I've almost got to tone down my instincts and, Interesting. and, and, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, but so what I like to do is buy brands that, you know, I might spend a lot of money on a jacket and just buy one jacket and just have it. And it, and I'll try and like go, you know, like a Amy Leon Dore or mm. Maharishi is a brand I like or APC or mm. um, Stone Island or mm. some of these things is mm. have those pieces that are somebody who's in the nose like, oh, OK, he's he knows what he what he likes, but it's, it's trying to keep it down, you know, trying to keep it calm or and you. You enjoy life. Like every time I watch you, you seem genuinely happy just to be there. Like you're, you're this energy, you know, and I believe, I do believe now, obviously with COVID and the pandemic, I mean, you're at your house and I'm at, you know, I'm at my house, which is converted out. Long story. It's great. But, um, you know, I look at it and I'm like, I still believe there's ways we can transfer energy through the internet. Obviously video, this is great because you can hear somebody, you can see their tonality, their eyes. For you, though, you seem like in every situation you're in, you're just genuinely really happy to be there. You know, you're not like, oh, you know, I got to do this or, oh, yeah, I got to do that. I'm definitely, I'm definitely not always happy, happy-go-lucky, I'll be <laughs> honest with you, but I definitely feel happy to be here. No question. You know, I feel very lucky to be in the sneaker business like 
uh, you know, very lucky. And um, I really enjoy it. But, you know, something we've had, you know, 2020 was rough. You know, I said to my team, we've all got PTSD. That was a tough year. And yeah. and yeah. It, it, uh, it wasn't much fun. But yeah. that's when you've got to be at your best, you know. Um, so not always fun, but definitely always curious. You know, that's probably the thing about me is like, I like to know what's going on and, and what's relevant. And I'll go and do, I, I learn every day. If I don't know something, someone says something, Google, what's that? Or yeah, I you know, see you I, writing down. I see you writing down stuff as we're yeah, talking. You know, you're know. writing words and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, you know, you, you you know, you as a host are an energetic host. So I think the truth is that your guests are playing off of your energy. You know, Correct. We're, we're, we're trying to match your energies, what's really happening in terms of this dynamic. And I yeah. noticed that before. It's like you, your bar is high in terms of the energy you bring to a conversation. So somebody else is going to have to match that. So Do you want to know why, Barney, I'm, though? I'd, you- I'd say it's you. Say that again. Say that last piece. Sorry, that sounded really good. Say it again. <laughs> um, no, it's it's because, you know, to me, and, and for example, because you don't really know anything about me. I mean, I started my first business when I was 24 as a marketing agency. So I really cut my teeth in the automotive space. So back when Twitter was kind of coming in, I had done a campaign with Ford where we got, we got uh, put on the case study page alongside Barack Obama. So I, in eight months, managed to create this campaign where we sold like, I don't know, like 500, 600 cars off of a $200 ad. And so they took it and got a lot of media and I'm known as the marketing guy. But, you know, I've always kind of went on TV, radio and did commentary. Like if a new iPhone drops, like, hey, Ryan, what's your what's your opinion of the new iPhone? You know, what is that going to look like? You know what I mean? And then I'm just like, I really love talking to people and, you know, had opportunities to maybe do like a radio show or a TV show. And I said, I don't want some producer just, you know, basically taking all my vibe and soul out. So I'm going to create my own damn show. I'm a digital marketer. Why can't I create my own show? And, uh, you know, three years ago we started, but only took it serious, you know, 12 months ago. And we've had just some of the most incredible people like yourself on. We've, you know, hit the charts. We've, and it's just, and I I go with the same format. You know, we never write questions down. I do my research, but I don't like conversations that are, Okay, Barney, I'm going to ask you a question because here's what happens. If I sit on here like a dead whale and I say, here you go, Barney, carry the weight of the interview. That's going to be a freaking boring interview. And I want you to leave this interview feeling like, man, I had a conversation with that guy. You know, and yeah. it, this wasn't just a and a you know, some sleepy thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not easy. You know, I, I you know, I've done a podcast myself and. Man, I've always thought this is, I've always dreamed of doing radio. And then once I, so I'm going to do my own show and I realized, man, this is like way more daunting than I thought it would be. And, you know, I had all my questions listed down and the mistake I made is the person I was interviewing would sort of go off on a tangent and I'd be like, oh yeah, that's great. Back to oh, the you know, versus so, you know, I was like, man, this is way harder than it looks. <laughs> the, Barney, you know what the, the you know what the thing is though? I think the the magic is in the breadcrumbs because when somebody goes on a on a downward thing, for example, right? You had Jordan Harbinger on your show, and he said, "Hey, if you really want to get to know some information about a potential guest, go into Wikipedia and go into Amazon reviews and read what some of these customers are talking about this potential person if they have a book out." Right? You remember yeah, that conversation? Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. Yeah. And, you know, I thought to myself, this is something that when I, I learned, that is the one thing I learned from that whole interview. And I, I actually immediately I said, holy crap. Yeah, that's. And sure enough, like I went on and, you know, I'm like, holy crap. Wait a second. And and sometimes these people on the Internet, I'm like, where do they get this information from? Like they're complete yeah. cyber stalkers. 
but I've asked a few interviewees since this this thing and I they're like Ryan like I'm gonna give you your flowers man how the hell did you know when I was 16 years yeah. old and I was standing in that back alley that this happened yeah it's like Nardwar you know he's like famous <laughs> for um for for his for his research and I think in anything you do preparation is so important and I would say that that's something I definitely focus on is preparation you know like if I'm going into a meeting or if I'm I will make sure I'm fully prepared you know I try not to wing anything you know like mm. oh I'll, I'll be fine I'll just go in there and rely on my smarts it's like no I want to be work really well prepared and I'm you know I kind of made a mistake the other day I was we're working with a rapper called YG okay yeah yeah um yeah, just yeah. To, to drop us a, a, a name drop and um we were we, we went to we went to work with him on a on a shoe design and it was me and a, and a designer who were there and you know this is a brand partnership we have with him coming up and he says to me he always says to us he's like oh we talked about the new i said how'd, how'd, how'd you like the new album say you know did you get the results you wanted blah 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 and then he says like oh which songs did you like on the album mm. And my designer's like, oh, I like this one, I like that one. And I'm thinking, I didn't listen to the album. Mm. You know, and I was sort of, oh, you know, uh. like that was a big mistake on my part to not have thought of, I was like, man, I missed that piece of preparation. That was Barney, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to call you out, Barney. Jordan Harbinger on your show said, hey, my wife said, read the book, Jordan, before I interview the person, read the book. And he said, man, exactly. I didn't want to put in the work. But every time I read the book, it was a lot different interview. Exactly, exactly. Right? Yeah, so, that's yeah, okay, my though. mistake. And that was recent, you know, where I'm like, damn it, you know, that was uh, lesson learned. And um, yeah, always, always, always be learning, you know what I'm saying? Like, never be like, oh, I, I'm, I'm great at everything. It's like, no, mistake, learn, improve the next time, blah, blah, blah. You know, well, we're, we're, we're creatures of habit. I mean, you know, I look at your Instagram too, and it's, you know, you're definitely uh, really focused on the K Swiss brand, and that's where you put a lot of your, you know, social attention, which you can tell. But, you know, on your Instagram, your personal Instagram account, I mean, you got your family and, you know, you're showing your little bag that you brought, the Herschel bag. And, you know, it's funny, too, yeah, because yeah. when you when you ignored my first message, too, and I, I love it because people are like, Ryan, you're so honest in your show. And I'm like, I am honest because people are going to hear the show. They, they have trust because I'm extremely transparent. Um, but when you ignored the first message, I'm like, OK, I'm going to wait till he drops his next photo because I know this guy is going to be on his phone. And that's when the video came. As soon as I seen the bag, I'm like, oh, so you seen my direct message and then you have the audacity to go and drop another picture on your grid. Oh, hell no. And I, when I sent that message, there was a certain like, I'm going to will this into, this is going to happen. Like, I, I would have sent you one every Monday until you yeah. are either, you know, F off or, hey, Ryan, okay, you know, I just don't have time right now. But I need the answer. Like, give me the S or give me the no. If you give me the no, I'm like, hey, no problem. Totally yeah. cool. But I'm not somebody that you can just ignore because I'm just like, I need that finale. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, you know, I think I try to sort of, you know, especially on LinkedIn is the worst place for lazy salesmanship. And again, oh. I'm not comparing because I know you're not selling anything, but um, I almost have this like policy of like delete anyone who just comes out with the cold sales message right off the bat. You like, should. I think you should. You know, I agree. Come on. That's not how it's done. Like you've got to be better than that. And um, so, but I'm also, you know, it's, it's you don't want to be arrogant, but and say like, oh, I'm going to ignore everybody. Cause, but sometimes you just get hit up so much and, um, with the DMS and stuff, you just can't get to them all in a great way. And every, every time you reply, there's a reply comes back. So you're in a dialogue now. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's hard sometimes to, you feel like you're letting people down. But. It's not, it's not arrogance though. It's, it's a respect for time. And 
you know, I had another guest that put it a great way and they said, listen, if I don't respond to somebody, it's, it's nothing personal at all. It's just a respect for time. They're, they're clearly coming at me because there's something that I want, which you talked about earlier about that, you know, give and take, push and pull. Um, but, you know, not right now is not no. You know, maybe it's just not right now. Yeah. You know, Seth Godin, I reached out to him a year prior. He's like, Ryan, I'm just too busy right now. I got my head down. I'm writing my book. And then as soon yeah. as I seen him start doing that, that little tour of books, you know, fire back. Hey, Ryan, I would love to. Yeah. Or you say, hey, I've got an audience of X that would really love to hear about K-Swiss or, you know, hey, my last podcast got this many listens. They'd love to hear from you. You're like, OK, well, all right, because we're we're going to respond to we can't do everybody's podcast or everybody's yes. IG live. But, um, you know, I just did an IG live with someone, didn't have a big audience, but we were on a clubhouse yep. together. He wrote to me like, hey, I'd love to do this, that and the other. And I was like, I support the guy, you know, if I've mm. got the time and like who doesn't love, you know, people love talking about themselves. That's the other <laughs> big thing about human nature is people love talking about themselves. So, you know, it's uh, you ever want to start a dialogue with someone, ask them a question about themselves and it'll be Mm. Uh, it's the truth it is the it is the truth uh, i know we're kind of pressed for time i got a, i got a couple questions uh left however um i just really want you to talk a little bit about uh ceo and sneakers your show because you know i like to try to i'm trying to parallel that with you know you're almost essentially kind of running a, a little small media company inside of the brand which is brilliant because you're you're dishing out content that is not just, hey, come buy our shoe, come buy our shoe. You're, yeah. you're dishing out actionable content that's going to help people, whether you're talking to somebody who's a LinkedIn, Michaela Alexa, or you're talking to Jordan Harbinger, um, and you're really getting these nuggets uh, from people who are, you know, at the top of their their game in their chosen field. Why did you decide to do that, and kind of what is the goal of it? So, uh, well, first of all, I've, 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 I haven't done an episode in a long time, so that shame on me but the original idea was that you know brand communication now isn't about you know spring summer campaign do an ad print ad stick it in a magazine job done mm. now it's just a clubhouse room where you're talking about the brand a podcast someone listening to this is now learning about k-swiss this is modern media so yes. number one this is the new way and if you're not doing this then you're asleep at the wheel yes. of marketing yes, right? yes. um Number two, I really believe that brands have to be transparent because the consumer wants to know who you are, what you're doing. Um, and I think some of these DTC brands like Everlane, um, you know, Allbirds, uh, Away Luggage, uh, Bumble, Glossier, mm. Mm. these are the most young progressive brands that have come out of our, uh, you know who they are, they put their, their values on their sleeve. And that's the expectation now is not this big gray building that churns out product, but like, who are these people? What are your values? And you communicate that by talking to people. So it was about brand transparency and it was about kind of using modern media methods was the, was the reason behind it. Um, and, you know, I built the podcast studio and the office actually hired someone to kind of say, can you build, I don't even know what the equipment is, but I actually bought the foam tiles from, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, Amazon myself and went in and stuck them all yes, up and yes. framed art from home and put it in the studio and everyone came in on Monday morning and we had a podcast studio like <laughs> yes I love it I so, love it okay and then I did my first interview and was like oh my god I'm terrible at this like, <laughs> I thought this was gonna be fun yeah and, and, and I'm sweating bullets I'm like oh my god I gotta learn how to do the interviews but the first one 
episode one was a guy called Mike Chairman, who's a guy I've known for a long time, and he is the CEO and founder of Chinatown Market, which has grown to be one of the hottest streetwear brands in the world. And if you go back and listen to that, it's still a, just an amazing story of a young dude who built his own brand and how he did it. And we talked a lot in this interview, you've asked me a lot about how do you break through to find opportunities, whether it's sending a resume, DMing someone, well, Mike, in his, early in his career, wanted to work for Jeff Staple, who's mm. in the sneaker and streetwear world, mm. one of the best known designers and creatives. Mm. And Mike, as a maybe he was 19 or 20 at the time, was like, I want to intern with him or work for him because he's mm. got the he's the guy I want to be. Mm. So he created a little poster that said, I want to intern for Jeff Staple. Mm. And he learned Jeff's commute from the subway to his office and he fly posted the poster <laughs> all along this is in New York City all along um the Jeff's walk to work so that Jeff's walking to work and he's seeing these repeating fly posters of I want to intern for Jeff Staple and <laughs> and then Mike actually got arrested for fly posting one in the subway wow. um he actually got arrested as well so wow you know that's the length that he went to to get himself noticed with the with the guy he wanted to work for and of course he ended up interning for staple um long story short went through a brand failed went through another brand it's now chinatown market one of the hottest streetwear brands in the world so there you go wow. i mean that's a better story than mine about how to kind of break through in terms of reaching a, a mm. target you want to get a job opportunity Second last Second question last for question. you, and I know you're a dad. I'm, I'm a father too, and that's going to be the number one role I play for my, the rest of my life, and I love it. My son is four. I call him the king. My queen, Talia, is uh, 21 months. So, Barney, I'm in the thick of changing diapers, man. And, uh, oh, you know, I'm and I'm sad. very, very hands-on. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, put a coat on. Wait a second, I got spilled. I'm about to do an interview. I'm like, what just happened here? But uh, I love it. If your kids were hearing their dad on this podcast right now, and this is the last kind of recorded audio um, that they got to hear, what are a couple key takeaways you'd, you'd want your kids to hear their dad say? Oh, man, that's a, that, that's, that's a, you know, first of all, I tell them all the time. So I'm not a distant dad who can't express his feelings. You know, actually, they're, that's the opposite. They're like, dad, seriously, get away from me. Um, leave me alone. I'm like, you know, I love you though, right? I mean, I tell my kids I love them 10 times a day. So um, I, I hope that there's nothing that's sort of unsaid. I, that's what I would hope is that, that if, something, if, I, if something happened to me, they wouldn't have any questions about what I feel about them or anything like that. So, um, you know, I think in terms of personal stuff, I'll leave that between me and them. But, you know, in terms of their lives, I think, you know, I want them to be happy. And I think happiness is is way more important than trying to be rich and and and, the spe and especially for young people is try and get into a career that me that actually means something to you personally like understand what it is that makes you tick because when you're young you don't really know and i'm not being condescending but when i was 20 like i know i didn't you know i remember i didn't realize i was really creative so i was going off into a into a field of sales and i mm. hated you know, if I'd have actually spent the time to be like, what actually does do I enjoy? Mm. Um, and then let me try and find a career. Let me let me target a career that fits my personality. That leads you to a life of happiness if you can spend every day doing something that means something to you. Versus, I love bourbon and I love sneakers and I'm do this that and the other and I'm in a I, every day I have to go and sell car insurance. I'd be like soul destroyed, <laughs> right? But 
you don't take the time when you're young or necessarily know what that is that inside you that makes you tick. So I think that's what I'll do for my kids as they get to that age is sort of say, let's spend the time to really understand what it is that, you know, like write the list of things you're passionate about. And now let's target a career or companies that can line up to that. So many people don't do it, to be honest, uh, or mm. they'll go for the money and, and then it's not the right way to do it. So mm. I don't know. That's probably what I would tell them. Last question. I love that. Last question I ask everybody. You've given me 56 minutes and 26 seconds of your life, Barney. What can I do for you? And don't give me a generic, boring answer. What can I do for you? It's a big question. Um, well, I'd have to, th- I'd have to think. I'd have to think. First of all, you've done it for me. So, number one, thank you. Um, you know, you're you're letting me tell my story. Um, first of all, you let me talk about myself, which, like I told you, people love to do. So, it's been super fun. I appreciate all the research you did. It's been a platform for K-Swiss, which thank you. So you've done it, really. Um, and I think, you know, stay in touch. Let's keep talking and, like, mm. um, um, you know, send me things you see of interest and I'll do the same. And uh, sometimes you do these things and we never speak again. But, you know, stay in touch and, and let's see how it goes and, and how we help each other. I mean, certainly, mm. I think being a supporter of the brand and we have a, a partner in Canada that's building the brand and, we need all the support we can get as a challenger mm. brand. Like every pair counts, every consumer counts. Mm. So if, if you become a, um, you know, more of an ongoing um, partner of ours uh, or a supporter of ours, that would be cool. But let me give you something really tangible. Is like put a K-Swiss shoe on your shelf and take one of those Nikes off <laughs> and be, uh, until the president of Nike comes in your podcast. That's something you could really do for me. I am so happy you brought that up because I was waiting because I I actually was I was actually looking at them because sometimes I'll I'll replay stuff and we have sponsors so we'll you know kind of this is called the I am enough wall by the way and uh, that's a whole other conversation but everybody should have one. The one shoe you're seeing the Nike one the small one that's my son's very first sneaker I ever bought him and it, it all it lasted in his life for about three hours until we stopped at a gas station and then we figured out where is Dejan's other sneaker? And it must have <laughs> fell out of the truck. And we were God. so choked because I said, these things are still so fresh and white. Like, oh my God. Um, Barney, no, I appreciate it. You know, and we're always looking for partners for the for the show. I've really tried to curate, a, you know, uh, you know, definitely very cautious on how many ads and stuff we do, but I'm always looking for, for partners of the show. I love the K-Swiss brand. I love the sneaker brand in general. I'm always looking for um, situations that I love creating content. Right. And I'm in Canada and I checked you guys out in Canada. I know it's a market that probably you're wanting to. I mean, you're in it, but, you know, maybe in a b- bigger and better way, so to speak. You know, we, we yeah. Canadians wear K-Swiss, too. And I know there's I know California has more population than Canada total, you know, 30 some million people. But um, we're here. I'd love to work with you on, on anything. And uh, I appreciate you, my friend. The only thing I need you to say is uh, I'm Barney Waters, president of K-Swiss. And I was just on the Rhino Show podcast. And what you can say in your own version. Ryan Holt's show podcast. Yeah. I'm Barney Waters from K-Swiss and I'm on the Ryan Holt show podcast. Yeah.